Hi friends, and welcome to the Be Nourished podcast, where we talk about the nourishing things in life, relationships, food, jobs, dreams, and everything in between. Today on the podcast, we have Miss Hannah Key. Hannah founded the Freckled Key Photography, but she started off as a speech-language pathologist, and so today she talks about her journey from being a speech-language pathologist and then starting a photography business because she's always loved photography, always a hobby of hers, and with the support and encouragement of her husband, she decided to take that next step and make it her business, and now she runs it full-time while also taking care of her two little girls who are so cute. So she shares with us today the journey of starting her business as well as struggling with self-doubt and postpartum depression and navigating now running a thriving business while also taking care of her two girls. So Hannah has such wisdom and insight to share with us today. This is a really, really good one. I tagged her information in the show notes, but um, you are definitely going to want to check her out, not only to learn about her photography and see the amazing pictures she takes, but also just to hear wisdom. She shares about life here, there, and yonder, so you're not going to want to miss it. Check it out. Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Yay, I'm just so thrilled that you asked me to do this. This is fun. So fun. (laughs) Okay, so I've told everybody a little bit about who you are, but go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> sounds like maybe cheesy, but I like to think, and it, I mean, it's true, I'm a small town girl living in a big city with my high school sweetheart and my two girls. I love um, that. <laughs> we, um, my husband and I met in our small little town in central Texas and, um, stayed together, started dating then, stayed together through college and got married right after college, but, um. I went to college to become a speech-language pathologist, and I am still a fully licensed um, speech-language pathologist, but I've been doing photography um, professionally since 2011, and as a hobbyist, basically, my whole life. Um, Yeah, and I I guess, yeah, I never thought that I could make a business out of my hobby because I am totally not business-savvy at all but which I love I totally love that (laughs) yeah so thank god I married a serial entrepreneur like my husband um you know he's got you know three businesses going right now so um, he is very business savvy and so he was the one who actually said hey you could make money doing this oh and I of course said there's no way anyone would pay me to do this and he goes (laughs) you're wrong oh I love that so he's the one who actually did all the legal schmeagle to get me incorporated and get my sales tax license. Like he's the one who who wow. just charged um, head the way with that. So I have one hundred percent my husband to thank for why this actually became a thing. So which I, that is so sweet. I love that story. I didn't yeah. know that. That's really sweet. Yeah. So did you grow up knowing you wanted to be a speech pathologist or is that something that you sort of stumbled into? Yeah, no. So, um, gosh, the backstory there. Um, when I was in middle school, I being the planner that I am, I love, I like having a plan. Yes. <laughs> I started thinking from a very young age, like 12, 13, like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And I, um, I have a ton of hobbies and most of them are creative. 
So I thought maybe I'd be a hairdresser, maybe I'd be a makeup artist, maybe I'd be a painter. Like I had all these like very artsy things that I wanted to be. And my mom actually encouraged me to, she said, Hannah, I think those are all fine and great. You're so talented at anything that you do, which is not true, but (laughs) and she said, she said, but I feel like those things are innate in you. You will always have those things, but I feel like you need to choose a career path that will actually make you some money. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, oh my gosh, like makeup artists and hairdressers and artists, like they all, I mean, you can definitely make money doing those things, but my mom is just like, she's very, you know, very practical. I wanted to encourage me to do something practical, like quote unquote practical. So, um, I started, I told her, you know, I shared with my mom and I started thinking I really like to work with kids. And, um, when I was in middle school, for whatever reason, I was really interested in working with the, um, like, I guess, um, hearing, um, hearing populations. So people who are, who are deaf. And I knew that my aunt Gina, who you obviously know, yes. um, <laughs> I knew that my aunt Gina, um, worked with kids who couldn't hear I knew that she knew sign language and that was just fascinating to me so I said okay well what does Aunt Gina do like she knows sign language she works with kids who can't hear so what does she do and um she was a speech language pathologist which you know of course when I was 13 like meant next to nothing but um yeah over the like that summer I um or I guess probably my first summer in high school I shadowed my aunt Gina at her job for about a week and I was like yes this is what I want to do um, and I don't even think she had any deaf clients on her caseload at that time, but, um, just like watching her help other people was really cool to me. So yeah, that's how I decided to become an SLP. So that's what I got my degree in. Um, I love, I loved it and I still do. I still love the speech pathology side of my career, but I obviously I no longer do that, um, currently, but I do maintain my license so yeah. that is so neat you know I did not know until I went to college that speech and one of my roommates <laughs> and I guess it was grad school she was studying that as her master's and I truly did not know that it was a career I do find it really interesting I I am on the other extreme like all the feelings and emotions yes. so <laughs> it's so fascinating to me like all the sciencey things that she was learning while I was learning yeah. about all the emotions <laughs> yes no and it's so important I mean I, I think that's also, what I love about being a speech pathologist is that there is a counselor aspect to it. Yeah. Um, you have to, especially if you're working with children and families, which you are, totally. um, you have to know how to be able to relate to and have compassion for the families of your clients because the reason why they're seeing you is, you know, any number of really hard, really hard sure. things. Sure. So. Anyway, yeah, I love I that. Love, love that part of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love that you mentioned, um, and I'm sure you've heard Clayton talk about this, but <laughs> I love that you mentioned that you innately have that creative side to you because Clayton has told me hilarious stories of like him and his quirky little family, whom I love dearly, going to I y'all's know. house and like Hannah was so good at everything. <laughs> Hannah literally did anything good, and here I am like struggling to, you know, he was so funny the way he would talk that about that. Awesome. I think oh it's, gosh. and it's true because Levi is super creative, right? Right? I mean, he like, is. your whole yeah, family my is. younger brother. And Travis, too. Jim is my middle brother. He is super talented musically. And um, Levi is kind of the other, like, artsy person in our family. So, yeah, yeah we all definitely have the creative bug. <laughs> I love that. It's cool. It's fun to watch you, all of you. And I, I learn a lot from you guys because you are all oh. so creative. So. Gosh. 
you. You mentioned that you, you've kind of always been creative. So what is yes. it? You, you went into speech pathology because, you know, your mom, which I had that very same talk from my mom. Cause <laughs> I like to, I like to draw, but mom was like, okay, darling, like you've really got to, you know, you got to figure this out. You so, career, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so even though you were always sort of bent towards creativity, but you started in speech path, what sort of yes. put the bug in your ear that you maybe wanted to do photography. I mean, you said your husband yeah. really pushed you towards it, but what was it that kind of made you feel like, I might do this? Yeah, so what's, gosh, what's crazy is that I, I was actually, I don't know if you have the app Time Hop on your phone, yes. but I was on Time Hop a couple of days ago, which was just odd timing um, with this interview. And it was from eight years ago, and it said, um, can't like embarking on my first day ever as a speech language pathologist can't wait to you know start the career of a lifetime you know whatever like it, you know eight years ago which is not that long ago yeah I really felt that speech language pathology would be what I did for the rest of my life so um I actually did not even think of it as a career at all I just um, Scott knew that I liked taking photos I've had you know a little canon point-and-shoot camera for my blog I was keeping a personal blog for my grandparents, basically, and my parents to keep up with us, you know, our new life in the city yes. kind of thing. So um, I had a blog for my family to keep up with us in our new life in the city. And um, Scott just knew that I loved photography, and my mom let me borrow her, um, you know, nice digital camera for a, a our one-year anniversary trip, and I, she taught me how to use it. My mom was a film photographer, um, when I was growing up as a hobbyist, she never like made a career of it, but she did, she was a very talented film photographer when I was growing up. So, um, she taught me what she knew about her digital stuff. And so I used that knowledge on our one year anniversary trip, loved it, immediately told Scott, like, I've got to get one of these nice digital cameras. Um, so, um, we saved up some money. He bought me my first, um, entry level digital camera and, um, that was what I did my blogging with. And a friend of mine in grad school, um, we had just graduated and she followed me on my blog and she was pregnant with her first kid. She said, Hannah, I would love um, to pay you to take some pictures of me when I'm pregnant and also some newborn pictures when the baby's here. And I totally, I just like laughed. I was like, you are not paying me. I said, <laughs> I will absolutely do it, but you are not paying me. And she's like, no, I'm, I, I insist I'm going to pay you. Just name your price and like we will pay you to do this. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I, um, I talked to Scott. I was like, gosh, like Katie wants to pay me to do this. Like what do I even charge? And he's like, I don't know. Just, you know, pick a number. You haven't ever done this before. So maybe, you know, start low. So she paid me $125. Okay. pictures of her pregnant and then her newborn. She, and from there, it just kind of happened like I did not even I was like yeah I'm gonna take pictures of Katie and then that's it and no I mean she told her friends about me her friends told their sisters about me their sisters were getting married and then before I knew it in a span of a year I was photographing weddings wow (laughs) just crazy yeah it was totally by yourself uh no so Scott bless him he came along like from the very beginning he said okay like you're starting to make a little bit more money now that we can just claim as hobby income on our taxes. So right. we need to get this, like make this a thing. So he went downtown. Um, he took me to downtown Houston 
to the city, I don't know, whatever building to get me. Um, I started out as a sole, like a sole proprietor, an SP. Um, got my the Freckle Key Photography name, got my sales tax license, and um, anyway, he then also became my second shooter. So we bought an extra, we bought another camera, like saved up, bought another camera, and he became my second photographer um, for our weddings, um, which started a year after I started the business, which is crazy. Yeah. Which I've heard, you know, I don't know much about that, but I've heard that shooting weddings is like not for the faint of heart. Like that's a oh, that's a big man. deal. It is, it's stressful. I mean, mean, think about it. I mean, you just got married, you know, about a little year ago. And um, it's, you know, every, for a lot of people, it is one of the biggest days of their life. And, you know, God willing, it's the only wedding you're going to have in your life. So a lot of big decisions kind of go into that day. And the photographer is a big, a big part of that. Like document this day that we've spent so much emotional energy putting together. And so, yeah, I think, um, Definitely, aside from just obviously wanting to do a good job, you kind of, at least I do, I take on the emotions of everyone that's there. So it's like I'm feeling excited, I'm feeling nervous, I'm feeling like, okay, I want everyone to feel happy and at peace. And so, yeah, I feel like beyond just making sure I'm doing the photography side well, I also try to kind of manage um, the emotions in the room if you will (laughs) do you think that being an SLP helps you do that because you have to work with families in sort of emotional situations absolutely and you know I think it's just kind of ingrained in who I am Um, I'm a very um empathetic soul I Mm -hmm. am I just recently took the strengths finders um, and my uncle clay kind of coached me through it and my number uh my number one was empathy. <laughs> really? So, I'm not surprised. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, so my, my number one personality trait is empathy. Um, so, yeah, I think that set me up for, uh, for yeah, just, like, feeling really good as a speech pathologist and as a photographer. I feel like um, even though speech pathology is very much a left brain thing, um, I cared so much about my clients and about their families. And then, you know, kind of naturally um in photography I feel like that is the part about photography that I enjoy um the most is the relational Mm -hmm. side of it like stepping into people's lives in these very momentous times and like um feeling what they're feeling and trying to capture that creatively is is awesome I love it (laughs) that that is that is so true I had not thought about that before and you know what I love so much about your story is that you had people in your life saying like seeing this in you and calling it out. They like your friend Katie yeah. and your husband both were like, Hey, you know what? I see something in you that I think is incredible and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that out in you. And even if you couldn't absolutely. quite see it, they both pulled that out and I, I love that. No, and you absolutely nailed that on the head. When Scott told me like you could make you could you could earn a living doing this, I literally was just like I got like butterflies in my stomach. I was like, No way. Like mm-hmm. I, this is something that's just fun for me. If people start paying me for it, it'll be too much pressure and it won't be fun anymore. Like I was just, you know, putting a halt on it right away. I was like, no, 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 no. This is not a business. This is just something I do for fun. He's like, yeah, get real. Like you, you're good and you need to, like, you need to get paid for this. This is like, you have, you have skill. You need Mm -hmm. to get paid for it. And anyway, I like just never, ever, ever in a million would have thought that this would be what I do full time. That is so amazing. 
Yeah, and it was totally because of the confidence of other people, which, I mean, is so true to my personality. I am ever the one that doesn't believe in myself, and mm. I um, am so grateful to have people in my life that are my cheerleaders. So. Yeah, absolutely. So you really yeah. kind of stumbled into launching it. I mean, it sounds like you really absolutely. sort of stumbled. So what did you find, like, the most surprising or challenging or I mean because you mentioned you had the butterflies so you were super pumped about it but what was it that you have discovered along the way that you were like oh (laughs) didn't know that right um so I think the the most surprising thing is that I actually made a business and earned a good living doing something that I love which Mm. you know pathology of course like I love that too but I was working for somebody, you know, I was working for somebody else and, sure. um, that is all fine and good. But, um, to be able to earn a decent living doing like being my own boss was so mm. just empowering. And I just never in a million, like if you had asked me even 10 years ago, like, what do you see yourself doing? Like I never would have said, I'm going to be a photographer. Like mm-hmm. no way. So that was doing me the most surprising thing. Um, And I think just, like, as far as, I don't know, like, the most exciting thing has been, um, I don't know, I just, I love, I love going, you know, I guess primarily I do in-home family sessions, like, documentary-style family sessions, Mm -hmm. and I, um, I think lately what has been just so wonderful and empowering for me is going into a new home, literally every session, and seeing like facing the challenges head on and again, like capturing the the emotion, the challenges in a creative way. So like I might walk into a home and it's a really dark home. I'm like, okay, how can I use this one window to like really capture this family or like the toddler is losing his mind. Like how can I, how can I connect with him so that he trusts me enough to like take his photo? I don't know. I just, I love like going into the unknown, which is so I mean, I'm such a planner. You would think that would terrify me. But something about the fact that, like, I'm hiding behind my camera and it's also an opportunity for me to connect with people, I just love. Which, Hannah, is amazing because I I am not a photographer, but I feel pretty certain that a lot of photographers would not put themselves in that situation for the reasons you just stated. Like, you can't predict what's going to happen. There's going to be throw up maybe from a baby or, you know, like, you might trip over a toy. Yes. don't get me wrong, like, there are definitely, but I think that's what I love about it. I'm like, I love knowing that no matter what comes my way, at the end of the session, I'm going to get something great, and mm. that the clients are going to, I'm going to leave, and the clients will feel like, okay, like, we were taken care of, and I, I love that. Like, yeah. it feels so good to me. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's something about, like, that, yeah, it's that empathy. It's like, I just really mm-hmm. love connecting with people and, like, capturing what, their life is um yeah through my life that's really fun <laughs> well and it brings out I mean it really does show in your pictures because I love when you post on Instagram stories when you post like because I really do think it's such a niche I don't know very many photographers that go into people's homes and really do the real life like every day listen we're just here in our home and this is just what we're doing today and we happen to like have washed our hair but right? also we're just yeah, here and like I think so that's pretty, beautiful too. I yeah, know. I I love it. <laughs> I I it's it's great. I I really and I'm biased, of course. But I mean, seriously, <laughs> I felt that when when you did our wedding, I felt oh, 
really like I I knew you were there but I didn't know you were there and that to me is so important especially on a wedding day you know and I we cared a lot about our pictures and we wanted that was one thing I really wanted to be good and we trusted you completely and you really you came through so I I mean I know I'm biased but seriously I do think that empathy really helps you like be a good photographer because it matters I think it does it matters so much and I I mean my, it's so funny. My husband is like, he's not empathetic at all. <laughs> <laughs> he's empathetic towards me because I'm, I'm his wife and we've sure. known each other for like 16 years now. But like he, I don't know. I, th- I just, I think for me, it's really hard for me to understand people who don't understand sure. what other people might be experiencing. So yeah, it's like a foreign thing to me um, yeah. to not like I just can't imagine walking into a room and not feeling everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just totally foreign to me. But yeah, um, I feel like it's it is what helps me in my in my career and makes every session so special. Is we all have our own story to tell, and I love being able to to do that. Yeah. Well, it it shows <laughs> for sure. So you've mentioned a lot of things that have been fun. What about the things along the way? There uh, surely there must be some that have been like difficult or any moments where you were like, okay, I I can't do this. So many. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So I started my business in 2011, which was um, four years before I had children. So for the first four years of my business, I was working as a speech pathologist to get my husband through grad school, and I was also you know, starting and building this business. So while Scott was in school for four years, I was working two jobs and Mm. loving both, loving both. But, um, I think in the early years, like those first four years of my business, um, self doubt is an ongoing problem for me. Um, it is ever there, ever present. Thank God I married someone who can speak into that and Mm -hmm. like get me back on track. Um, I'm so grateful for that. Um, but yeah, constant self-doubt, just like, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Like, did they, like, am I really worth what these people are, what my clients are paying me? Mm. Um, self-doubt, yeah, is the biggest, the biggest thing for me. And also, um, just, feel, you know, creative rats. I feel like every um, creative person, whether you're a writer or a photographer, an artist, whatever, you, you have these, like, spells where you feel like, I am just not producing like I know I'm capable of, and knowing that those times are just a season and that they will pass and not feeling guilty about it, um, is another thing that I kind of, I kind of deal with. So, um, yeah, so the first four years, it was a lot of self-doubt. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not worth what I'm asking. I, um, you know, like if I get like a new before, when I was first starting my business, I kind of photographed everything. I photographed weddings, seniors, maternity, newborn, family. Wow. I did it all because I just, I wanted the money and I wanted the experience. So sure. I did it all. So just going into a session and be like, I totally bombed that. Like that engaged couple is not going to like these images, you know, whatever, just mm. the, the negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when my daughter was born, my first daughter, I have two daughters, um, when my first daughter was born, she's in 2015, um, I had a total identity crisis. Um, my postpartum with her was horrendous. Mm. And I think mostly because, um, hormones, yes, but also because I couldn't do it all. Like I cannot be a speech pathologist and a photographer and a mother. Mm. Like, what am I going to do? 
So I, I worked like super part-time as an SLP, a speech language pathologist, that first um, 10 months of Maxine's life and um, like 10 hours a week, eight to 10 hours a week. And I finally decided, okay, like my parents spent all this money getting me through school and we spent all this money getting me through grad school and mm. now I'm just going to like hang up my license and it felt so icky. Mm. Um but my husband was like, no, this is not icky. Like, life comes in stages, and this is a stage when you're putting your license in the drawer, and maybe it'll come back out later. Mm. And I, um, yeah, so I put away my SLP license, like, literally put it in a drawer and um, focused on becoming a mom and becoming a better photographer. And, um, yeah, the first, like, year and a half of Maxine's life, I had so many... I mean, literal, like, sobbing fest, just, like, Mm. what am I doing? I thought I wanted to be a mom. I'm not good at this. I can't be a mom and a photographer. Like, this is just not – this isn't working. Like, Mm. so, yeah, definitely, like, 2015 to 2017 were really, really hard for for our family. Like, I just – you know, I was not emotionally okay, and Scott was just trying his best to, like – you know, support me and encourage me, but also try to earn a living for our family. Sure. And um, it was really hard. Um, but yeah, I thought 2017, we really turned a corner. Like I was finally feeling confident in my role as a mom and I was feeling confident in my role as a photographer. And Scott was like energized in his career. Like 2017 was really a big um, turning point for us. And um, I feel like since then, there's ever the... Um, I like I feel like at this point I know that I'm good so like I feel confident in my skill as a photographer yeah I think now my the, the hardest thing is the balance it's like yeah. am I paying enough attention to my girls am I paying enough attention to my clients like it's ever this like I don't know I feel like there are there are months when I feel like I'm just owning it I'm like I'm a really good mom I'm a really good photographer yeah um and then there are weeks and months and seasons when I just feel like I suck at both yeah. and um that is, I mean, really when I have to, like, lean in on our community at church and lean in on Scott to, like, speak truth into my, mm-hmm. my mental, my mental. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Do you feel like there was something that you guys did? Because I just know there's going to be moms or people out there who are listening and saying, yeah. wow, I totally feel that. Maybe it's not starting a business, but maybe there's right. something that they're thinking about or dreaming about or trying to do, and it's just not going as easily as they thought or I mean like they have a young baby and they don't like the kid like maybe they don't like it as much as they thought maybe they're not attaching for whatever reason what was there something that you guys did that worked or was it just a bunch of gradual you know steps oh gosh I feel like it's ever the baby steps like I um I definitely I still resonate with that um that feeling of like okay I thought I wanted to be a mom but now that I have this baby, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And I don't feel quite as natural at it as mm-hmm. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, just months and months and months of um, just, I mean, truly just sitting on my couch and crying, like sobbing and calling my husband multiple times a day. Like, I wasn't cut out for this. Like, what did we do? I wasn't mm. made to be a mom. I literally saying those things to him. Just like, I wasn't made meant to be a mom why did we do this? You know, it was just like so many days mm-hmm. sure. of just, sob- I mean, literally just sobbing and feeling like I wasn't doing well for, for mm-hmm. my husband or for my daughter. And it was really hard. Um, I think what finally helped a, I will say 
I definitely had postpartum depression and anxiety that I did not ever have diagnosed or get medical or counseling treatment for. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I would say if you're a first time or even just like a new mom with a new baby, like definitely if you feel like you're not yourself and you're in those dark clouds more days than not, like get help because Mm -hmm. I didn't. And that was my biggest, that was my number one mistake. But also I think finding, finding people who can speak truth to you when you are not capable of speaking truth to yourself, um, or even listening, I'm a, I'm a believer. I like, um, we, we believe in Jesus and even mm-hmm. in like those dark days, like I couldn't even believe the truth that like, no matter what, there was enough grace for me. Mm. Um, I didn't believe that. I don't think I don't like, mm. I mean, sure. In those, in those days, you just don't, you just feel like you're failing and like, how can I possibly, how can there possibly be enough, like, grace for, yeah. for this hot mess? Mm. Um, so, yeah, like, having a church community, having my brother live down the street and his sweet wife, and having my husband, who was just a rock. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just around, even if you're not married or, like, live close to family, just finding people in your life that speak truth to you and make you feel good just sitting next to them. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like the most important thing in those dark those dark seasons for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm so, so glad that you said that because I I just I think people don't say that. You know, I I I guess I'm fortunate to, enough to have young moms in my life who will say things like that, but I yeah. know I know that a lot of times what they end up saying to me, which I'm not a mom, but I know that they'll say nobody told me like nobody I thought I was alone I nobody will talk about it and it's hard and a lot of people don't know what to do with the statement of like I thought I was gonna be like I thought I could be a mom and then I felt like I made a mistake you know that's hard that's a hard thing to hear and it's scary and people don't know what to do but the reality is I think a lot of moms feel that way so every mom yeah (laughs) I'm gonna just be bold and say every mom feels that way yeah not talking about it and so like when next so let's see, 2015 is when Maxine was born. The summer of 2016, I was just, I just decided, I was like, I know there is no way on this planet Earth that I am the only person that has these feelings. Mm. And so I made it a point in 2016 mm-hmm. <laughs> to turn my Instagram account into a, hey, I'm going to tell it like it is. Yeah. You meet me here. Yes. And we're just going to see. Yeah. <laughs> like, and sure enough, oh my gosh, we was like everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. was like, me too, me too, me too. And all of a sudden I felt like it was just this room full of moms raising their hands, finally feeling yeah. safe enough to say, me too. Like, yeah. yes, I felt like throwing my baby across the room last night. Me yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Or like, yeah. guys, guess what? I... Like, I have an eating disorder, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, me too. You know, mm-hmm. it's like all of these things that you feel so alone in because you're too, like, people are too proud, yes. too scared, too whatever to admit it. It's like, by me just, like, saying, like, I I cried more than I didn't today. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I just had these moms messaging me and texting me and, like, oh, my gosh, me too. Thank you so much for, like... Mm. thank you for like saying something mm-hmm. and now like I mean this is two years later and I just feel like I am surrounded by like-minded like you know women who who are not trying to say that they have it all together and it's so freeing there's yes. freedom in not being 
perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's been amazing. Now, does that mean that, like, I'm, I feel like I've got it all set? No. Like, every day, I, I think on my Instagram story came yesterday, I was just like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> who else, like, lost it today? You know, I, I was just, um, I feel like there's just so much power in, in people coming together and saying, like, I don't have it together. Yes. And, um, there's like encouragement there and there is, there is power there. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's like whenever we don't have, whenever we put on, like take off our shields, take off the makeup and just yeah. like show up and say like, here I am, like stab me in the heart. Like Totally. That is when true community and true connection happens. Yeah. And like, there is so much, so much freedom. in that. <laughs> you know, it's like that quote. What is that quote that says, um, now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good. Yes. Oh yes. My gosh. And that's what yes. I think of, you know, and I love that you've used your Instagram as a platform to not only talk about, um, you know, your photography business, but you also talk about positive parenting. And I know you've yeah. shared on there things before. Um, like I remember distinctly when you posted it, and I don't even have a kid, but I remember when you posted an Instagram story about, um, Dorothy choking, I think on food. And you were talking about how that's normal for the baby. It's good. It's appropriate. And I just think the way that you enter into your photography sessions, I think is really the platform you've created on your Instagram as a whole. Like, I think like we've talked about your empathy and your desire for people to not feel so alone shows up and you take that and you use that in parenting, in SLP, in your photography. Really, I mean, truly. And it's it, it means a lot to me as someone who doesn't have a kid, but we talk about having kids. Yeah. I am scared to death for those reasons. Like, I I tend to be melancholy, and I'm a very empathetic yeah, person. I'm a melancholy person, yes. too. And I feel like um, one of my, like, best friends ever is, like, just this happy, jolly <laughs> person. Like, you just want to be with her because she just emulates joy and yes. she totally knows that I'm talking about her yes um but like that's just that's not me and I know. that's okay like yeah. I feel like I also deal with a lot of guilt for not being the quote-unquote fun mom mm. and that is also a lie yes <laughs> right? it's like I I am a very melancholy kind of down like down to earth like I'm happy I'm you know I'm content. sure it's not that I like walk around like you are but I'm, right. I'm not like this happy-go-lucky everything is great kind of person and yeah, yeah, that's okay. That is okay. <laughs> I feel the same way being married to Clayton, who's like, you know, I mean, Mama G is like this little bubbly, and oh my god, she's, she's so bubbly. Planet. She really is. And Clayton's not bubbly, but he's he is never like he might be down for thirty five seconds, and then he's like, but you know what? It's gonna be okay. Whereas I'm he mad is, for like three he days. And his brother, I know jolly. that whole family's just jolly. They really <laughs> are, and he balances yeah. me out really well because I yeah. yeah, I can definitely be Eeyore. <laughs> Oh man, I love that. So where do you see, like, I mean, what is your, I guess 10 year plan might be a little intimidating. That feels like a long time, but what is your like two year, five year, 10 year? Like, where do you want to go? What's your dream? Oh man. So Scott and I actually like literally had this conversation less than a month ago. Um, so yeah, my husband is, he's my, we we joke that he's like my unpaid business coach. Um, Yeah. Yeah. about my five-year plan because 10 years is like super daunting because I'm like yeah. oh my god it's in a 10 lot years, I'm gonna be in my 40s it's crazy um, <laughs> sorry uh yeah no so <laughs> in five years I think I would love to just keep doing what I'm doing but even 
even more so. So like I still like on occasion will take um we'll take the occasional wedding, which I love. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. especially when it's like for family or someone that I know really well. I love weddings still. So. But um I would love to, you know, continue to just like really focus on what I love doing, which is the documentary and home family sessions. And um I feel like the more my business I shouldn't say gross, I don't want my business to like grow to the point where I can't sustain it um, sure. with two young children. But no, I think the, the more my business progresses, the more and more I want to like really focus on that. And then um, also, I would love to teach. I, I love, 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 love teaching moms how to take photos of their children well um, mm. with iPhones. Like that is my, yeah. I love that. I don't know if you've been watching my stories lately, but every Monday on my Instagram stories, I, I do like an educational bit and um, sometimes it's about digital photography and sometimes it's about iPhone photography but I just love empowering moms with the ability to like take really good pictures of their kids with the camera that they have I Mm. I love that so I would like to find ways to get paid to do that yeah absolutely we're we're kind of brainstorming through that so that's so fun I love that your your goal and your dream for your business is to like make other people be able to do what you do I just think yeah I think that's why you're successful and that's why you're going to go far oh, because gosh. your goal is not about you. It's about yeah. how can I like reach as many people as possible you're and the make best. them feel like, you know what? You got this girl. Cause I get your newsletters and I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. So this is how I need to hold my iPhone. <laughs> and this is yeah. the way I need to face it. Like for the lighting. I was like all yes. about that. I love that. Thank you. No, it's super fun. And I like nothing makes me feel more energized than getting a message on Instagram saying like, this is so helpful or, oh my gosh, more of this, please. You're like, yeah, I love getting those messages because I'm like, yes, like this is, this is so fun. Like I love teaching and people are learning. And um, I have one like past client of mine who has been posting these bomb pictures on her Instagram and they're on her iPhone. And I like commented the other day on one of them. I said, girl, like your pictures are looking so good. And she said, Hannah, I've been implementing your tricks and they're working. Aww. I was like, oh my gosh. That's amazing. Feel like a million bucks. It was great. <laughs> yeah, that's so neat. That is so cool. I love that you're so doing fun. that. So what is one or two things you would say to someone who's starting out in photography or I think probably more often than not, people want to take good pictures, like you said, but yeah. don't know how or don't know what to do. So maybe speak to both crowds of like, if you want to start a photography business, what would you say? And to those mamas or daddies, whoever, who's like, I really want to take a good picture, but I can't afford to buy, because that's kind of how I am. I would love to take great pictures, but I don't, I can't (laughs) pay for a nice camera. And even if I did, I would not know what to do. Totally, you know, so you're like speaking my language. Um, So I think if for someone, so speaking to the audience who would like to start a photography business first, um, I think it's super important to not to just be willing like be bold enough to ask lots of questions and seek lots of advice from people that you trust um at like I think what helped me in the beginning to like really learn was just being willing to say I don't know what I'm doing teach me mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah you know, like I reached out to my mom who obviously had been doing film like my whole life and then um couple of other friends of mine that were had been had photography business for 10 plus years like I just said hey I've got this camera like what what would you be willing to share with me um and then also there are so many free 
resources online. Um, so I like in the very beginning of my business, I took advantage of every free thing I could. I was getting mm. on YouTube. I was getting on like free educational sites like creativelive.com. Like I was just like soaking up all of the free education I could possibly muster and then practice, 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 practice. So, mm. um, yeah, think being bold enough to say, I don't know what I'm doing. Teach me. That's yeah. number one. Um, Two, for if you're like wanting to start anything, it doesn't have to be a photography business, but if you want to like start something, and this is like the hardest thing for me, and something my husband always has to tell me is finished is better than perfect. Ugh, Just right start. to the heart. Gosh. <laughs> Man. So, yeah, so me, like, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist, but I'm definitely like, I want whatever I put out there to be good. Mm-hmm. And to the point where sometimes I'm like, that's not good. I'm not, no, like that. I don't have time. That's not good enough. Like mm-hmm. whatever. I'm not going to do it. And Scott is always like, Hannah, put it out there. It doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. put it out there and then you can perfect it later. Like people just want, like people don't need perfect. They don't even know what perfect is. Like yeah. they just, they, they know you, they trust you. They want to learn from you. Just put it out there and then fix it later. I love that. And, that is so good. Yeah, so finish is better than perfect. And obviously, I did not come up with that. That's like some quote from somebody long ago. But it's so wise. It's <laughs> yes. so wise. Um, gosh, but regarding like parents who have like a new camera, they just want to take better pictures of their kids. Um, again, I think it's it's findings finding someone that you trust and and learning from them. So, um, I mean, gosh, I'm not gonna like. I totally am. I'm shamelessly going to say, like, you should follow me on Instagram. Do <laughs> because, it. Like, Seriously. I, I love posting just, like, helpful tips for iPhone photography. And that's, I shouldn't say iPhone, smartphone photography. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, like, you are so capable. And the other thing I would say is you don't need the best of the best to get good pictures. Like, mm. I, I feel like I take, I mean, pretty good photos on my iPhone. Like, yeah. that is what I carry around. I have two kids. I'm a professional photographer. And 95% or more of the photos that I take of my girls are on my iPhone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think just using the equipment you have and learning that equipment well mm. is, the be- is the best thing you can do. Like, you don't need – you truly don't need a $900 camera and lens um, – to take good photos of your kids. Um, I really think it's about taking the piece of equipment that you have and learning it really well. Um, yeah. That makes you, that makes you good. That's so, good. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. That's really smart. Where can yeah, people find when you? I started, when I started my business, I had an entry level, what we call a DSLR camera. So like I had the base level Canon DSLR camera. It was like a $400 camera body, which I mean, it's not cheap. Don't get me wrong. But like the camera that I have now is $3,500. So like compared to that, like I had the entry level, like digital camera and I had the lens that came with the kit. And that is what I started my business on. Like that is what my friend paid me $25 to her to like photograph her kid with. That's amazing. Yeah. As long as you take the equipment you have and learn it well, then you're good. That's good. I like that because yeah. I, I definitely think that's true because I, I am one of those people who's like looks at my phone and says, okay, well, I know how to I know how to turn it on and yeah. I know how to find the camera app thing. But yeah. at, past that, you know, I'm like, oh, so I like that you said, you know, you don't have to be fancy and crazy. Just no. know what you know about your thing. I think that's totally. great. And there's so much stuff out there. Like, I think um, it's, you know, obviously, like, I don't want to. 
don't want to diss my my photographer community by saying like you can learn most things for free but you can like sure. I mean I would love to get paid to teach people one day but truly like you can hop on YouTube or hop on Instagram and you can learn what you need to know and just apply it um, yeah for free yeah <laughs> so, that's a good point yeah, yeah so you mentioned following an Instagram tell people and I'll tag this in the notes but tell people where <laughs> they can find you yeah so um I am on Instagram as at the freckled key. So again, yeah, you said you put it in the show notes. My uh-huh. last name is key, um, like a car key. So the freckled key um, is my Instagram and my website, which, um, I don't really blog anymore, but my website, um, has my portfolio and some resources on it is, um, the freckled key photography, Com. Um, I'm also on Facebook as the Freckled Key Photography, but I'm not super active there. So I would say, like, definitely if you want to, like, you want to learn things, if you want to see an, a constantly updated portfolio slash blog slash real life with kids. Yes. <laughs> um, I would find me on Instagram. So yeah, yeah, that's the good spot. Yeah. Okay, so here at the Be Nourished podcast, we like to talk about what is nourishing us. And I want to know what is nourishing you now. And this can be literally anything. It doesn't have to be anything crazy fancy. But what is nourishing you now? Yeah, so um, I think as far as like personally, um, I, I like to talk to people and connect with people. But I am like the introvert of the introverts. <laughs> So, I mean, seriously, on the Myers-Briggs, I'm like 97 or 98% introvert. So um, funny. So, for me, what nourishes me is silence. Yes. <laughs> so, being a mom of two young kids, my, my oldest is three and a half, and my baby is eight months old, um, and my husband is a 98% extrovert. So no I'm way. So, I'm like constantly surrounded by excitement and noise uh. and chaos. <laughs> what is nourishing for me is silence. So... What I love to do to get my silence is I stay up late. So, like, some introvert moms that I know, they, like, get up early. Mm. That's all fine and good. But our house is small and old, read, mm-hmm. cre- creaky and noisy. <laughs> yes. So, if I wake up early, my kids wake up, and then it's just ruined. So, what I've started doing is my husband goes to bed early. He goes to bed at, like, 9 o'clock. Yep. <laughs> so, I stay up until 11. So, from, like, 9.30 to 11, I've got the house. And I sit on the couch with a bowl of ice cream. I literally eat a scoop of ice cream every night. I love that. If I have Oreos, I crumble up Oreos in there. So So I have a glass of wine. I have a bowl of ice cream. And I sit on the couch and I watch YouTube. Oh, that (laughs) is so good. That sounds amazing. (laughs) It's so crazy. It's it's dumb. But it's good. I um, So yeah, I think I mentioned earlier that I thought I would be like a makeup artist you know, mm-hmm. so that's what I watch. I, I have some makeup artists that I follow on YouTube. So yeah, I eat ice cream. I drink a glass of wine and I watch fashion and makeup videos on YouTube. So fun. So, there you go. Or I do yoga. I also have started doing yoga at night too. So I'll usually like start by doing yoga. And then after I've done like 30 minutes of yoga, then I'll get my ice cream out and watch. I like that. You know, I like that, you know, you know, what nourishes you, you know, what you like, you know, what's going to work and you don't go overboard, but you know that like, that's, that's what it is for me. And I I think that's great. I think that's great. And I think like another thing too, if it's during the day, like on on the weekends, um, I try to sneak away for like an hour and I, I literally will, I'll get in my car, which if there's no kids in it is like the most quiet place. And I will, I'll get in my car I'll drive to my favorite coffee shop 
um, in our neighborhood. I grab a coffee and then I get back in the car mm. and I sit in the parking lot and I I bring my journal with me and I write because I'm also I love to write. So mm. um, yeah, I'm a, I'm also a writer. So I like I'll sit in the car in the car in the parking lot with my coffee and my journal and I'll I'll draw or I will something so that's so good you know what's so funny Clayton I would say Clayton is like introvert of all introverts and I I would call myself an extroverted introvert so I do that same thing where I will drive to a coffee shop I may not sit in my car but I want to be just close enough to people where I know that I'm around them but I don't want anyone talking to me to talk to you right (laughs) and it's like especially in Circe you know it's a small town and so people know you or they think they they know know you exactly oh my gosh I mean, even though I live in Houston, which is, what, the fourth largest city in the United States, like, yes. even though I live in Houston, like, our neighborhood is, is very small town, so, like, the coffee shop that I go to, I am going to see someone that I know, so, yes. like, my goal is to, like, get into the coffee shop and get out without someone. So funny. <laughs> I, I feel that. Which is so funny. I mean, of course, like, but the other side of that coin is that I love people. I love oh, yeah. people. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. connecting with people. You're a counselor. Like, yes. So, like, I, I love connections with people but if I am if it's next Saturday or Sunday and I'm at the coffee shop it's because I'm trying to get away from all the people that is so funny I love that that's great well, Hannah, I have so loved talking with you today. It has been, Gosh, so, fun. It's been so fun. And I think everybody's going to really benefit from what you said. You touched on so many good things, and I think I just think it's going to be great, and people are going to love this one. Oh, man. I, I definitely hope so. And I, I, yeah, I feel like the more the more moms um I can get connected I don't know why I'm saying moms your audience is probably like half moms and half not moms but I, I feel like the more women I can connect with that are seeing me too then the better yeah. we all are so yes yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much I've loved yeah, it this was so fun and I can't wait to can't wait to see where Pinarish goes I know it's going to be really refreshing for a lot of people thank so. you so sweet yeah girl all right love you love you <laughs> I love talking with Hannah. I just love the way that she was really vulnerable with us and shared every aspect of her life, not just starting a photography business, but what it was like to experience postpartum depression and trying to navigate um, giving up this career she thought she would have to do something that she has always loved and pursuing that dream and that risk that she took to do that. And then also navigating trying to maintain that business while having two young girls. I mean, she just... She is a boss babe, that is for sure, and I'm so proud of her, and I think she's doing such incredible work, and I appreciate her vulnerability because I think we can all benefit from people being more honest about things, especially things that we all experience on some level. I think it, no matter who you are, it's very difficult to become a new mom, and I just love Hannah's willingness to share that part of her life. So be sure to check out her Instagram. I tagged it in the notes, but it is the freckled key. Freckled is in the freckles on your face. Key is in a car key. Um, and then her website is www.thefreckledkeyphotography.com. She did our wedding pictures and they're incredible. And she really, I just, I truly love that she goes into people's homes and ca- captures the daily real life. I think that's incredible. And she does an amazing job. So, and she does share those pictures on her Instagram story. So go check her out, go follow her. Keep up with us at Be Nourished Podcast. Um, we're setting to release episodes every Tuesday, but you don't want to miss anything. And that's where we share all of our information. See you guys next week.